0: Welcome back to your Valley Sports Plug Roundtable. It's November 30th, 2023. I'm Chris Patrick, and as always, I'm being joined tonight by VSP Tallman over there and Michael Benjamin right down there. How are you on this fine Thursday evening, gentlemen?
1: We doing great. We feeling good. We got some friends joining us. It's time to talk about the Valley. I don't know about y'all, but it's getting cold here in Arizona, so... I almost got to like pull out a parka. I know it's a far cry from a lot of people back
2: east, but shit, I got thin blood. I don't know what to say. Come on, Michael. It's not that cold, man. I'm That's chilly, sad, Tom. Man. I don't know what to the, tell you, man. sad part about it is, give it a couple months, we're going to be complaining about how hot it is, so... Uh, but True. a couple months, it better be more than that. <laughs> okay, all right, but, all right. Hey, we're imagine good. if we... Went, bad.
1: <laughs> imagine if we ended up actually going to this Pittsburgh Steelers-Arizona Cardinals game. Dude, I don't know <sighs> if my ass would have made it through it, dude.
2: Oh, man. We would have been lucky for a little snowfall. That's that's on the bucket list, man. A snowball, dude. Let's go. That would be awesome. I, we, I was literally saying
0: that when we were up there in the stands at AccuSure Stadium. It was a nice crisp september evening and uh i was i literally turned to mike at one point i was like dude you can you imagine being here in december with the with this, this snow everywhere like it wasn't cold but it was like a bit like it was nice it was nice i got uh we do have a guest joining us maybe a couple throughout the night but i do have to ask you guys since we're on the topic of weather a window open or closed right now windows open
1: i got all of them open
2: pretty oh, yeah. much
0: w- wide open yeah man. With windows wide open. <laughs>
2: Why did you do that? It's going to be stuck know, in my head was, the rest of the night. It
0: just came to me. But enough of the silly business. We got plenty of Valley sports topics to get to. We're going to start off the bat talking about the Arizona Cardinals, some of their work they're doing this week, some news that came to out today and their upcoming game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, we got some Suns action. Ooh, the intern- this man?
2: <laughs> Give
0: him hell in the chat. We got the Suns in-season tournament starting next week. It's not the Suns in-season, it's the NBA in-season tournament, but the Suns did make it. They're going to be a part of it with or without Devin Booker, so we're going to talk about that. Going to just talk more broadly about the league and some of the guards, the top 30 guards in the league, uh, see what these guys are thinking about, where they were ranked in this Bleacher Report article that came out preseason, so we'll give them a little bit of leeway for where their rankings might be compared to today. Uh, then we'll we'll uh, round it off by talking about the Diamondbacks and anything else that might come up. Uh, for anybody who's new, our roundtables are when we bring on guests and we just kind of shoot the shit. We have a good time, have a nice conversation about sports, sometimes pop culture. I mean, hell, Mike, we've done full roundtables just talking about movies and video games. So it's a lot of fun. Glad you're here. Glad you're listening back. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Classic YouTube mantra and let us know how we're doing in the comments. But without further ado... Before we get on into this, I want to bring in our very special guest this evening, and I will let Mike do it so we're not both clicking on him at the same time. Our good friend of the show, Nico Woodruff, is joining us. What's going on, Nico? What up,
3: guys? What up, what up? How we feeling?
0: Feeling Feeling? okay i'm not gonna lie guys i'm still getting over a cold a little bit so um, <laughs> my, I'm saying. if you You're see me cold. die if you see me dying over here at least i'll be muted uh valley so
1: valley sports wise chris how are you doing how about that
0: it's a roller coaster man yeah. you gotta take the go with the bad right um i know it's not really on the docket tonight but just some thoughts i had is uh the nil is gonna kill college football man and asu arizona state is probably fucked i mean they're they have guys jumping into the transfer portal they're not going to be able to get any top players out of the transfer portal like recruiting is going to be huge and it's just a whole mess i i get that the players need to get paid but i just feel like a whole can of worms has been opened with that but that that's how i'm feeling about valley sports man Suns are Suns are looking good excited for d-backs offseason cardinals are a dumpster fire but we're used to that so it keeps us warm in the winter Tom and Mike, what about you guys? How, how are you doing? Uh, Valley Valley, sports-wise? Well,
1: Valley sports wise, man, I'm excited for this NBA in season tournament. I do have some thoughts about the Phoenix Suns game last night in Toronto and the implications from Devin Booker possibly not being able to play in that. Kind of disappointed, but we'll get into that as well. But I mean, Cardinals are the Cardinals. They are who we thought they were. Shout out Dennis Green. Diamondbacks got
0: some new jerseys. It's a good time to be a Valley fan overall. Shout out Dennis Green. Rest in peace, Dennis Green. Uh, Tallman, what, what, what about you? Valley sports high or low?
2: Ooh, um, I'm a little low. I would say you had to bring up the ASU topic. I mean, it's just, it's going to be awful. Uh, but Kenny Dillingham did say he's not going out to scout. He's not going to sit in living rooms to start the off season. He's going to fundraise. So hopefully he can get some money and you never know. Maybe we toss some cash at a good prospect coming in because this, this year's quarterback play was probably the worst we've seen I'm um, in a lot of years for ASU football, uh, but I'm with you with the Cardinals dumpster fire. Absolutely. Um, this is probably the first time in a while. I'm just ready for the season to be over the NFL season av- as a whole this year has just been so lackluster, man. Point scoring has been down. It's, I don't know. It's, it's been kind of boring to watch. So I'm ready for it to be over ready to, for the off season, just like I'm ready for the D backs off season. Cause that's going to be fun. I'm ready for spring training opening day. And then, the suns man that's like the one or one shiny toy that we still got and it's it's looking a little little grim i guess but um i'm hanging in there like like we always do in arizona
0: it's all you can do man that's so interesting the contrast of the diamondbacks offseason and the cardinals offseason where it's like we're hoping the cardinals go from zero to hero and we're hoping the d-backs stay hot and get back to the world series next season obviously long road to get there Uh, But, Nico, since we opened this can of worms, I saw you nodding your head there a little bit. Do you have any thoughts on the ASU and college situation?
3: Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, after the Devils fired or Ray Anderson resigned, however you want to put it, uh, the Sun Angel funds hit like an all-time high as far as donations go. So that's a good sign. Um, The bad sign is that uh, we're still an Arizona college sports team. And like our fandom, no matter how much we love our teams out here, will never be SEC, ACC levels. We'll never raise those kind of. And I mean, Kenny Dillingham came out flat out and said, I need, I don't know, $5 million to make this like worth a damn. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where ASU is going to get $5 million from. Um, I mean, granted, you have, let's say, 20% of your season ticket holders. Donate forty-two dollars a month for a year. Maybe we get you some money, but like I I I don't know. I, I do I think that it's gonna kill college sports. I unfortunately do. I've always felt that these guys were supposed to get paid. Um, I didn't think that we were giving out pro money. You know, you see Caleb Williams pulling up in a Lambo, and it's like this dude also is taking like a, an English lit class
0: on Tuesdays, you know. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, obviously a little bit different because he's a spoiled rich kid talking about Deion Sanders. (laughs) Deion Sanders kid. I don't know about Caleb Williams' parents, but Deion Sanders kid was rolling up in like a fucking Rolls Royce Phantom or some shit. Like, And I think he got a boot on it at one point in the season. Uh, Just since we're already off the rails, did you guys see that uh, Deion Sanders was named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year? You, t- you take a football team to 4-8 and eight, last
2: in the conference, and, man, you're the sportsman of I, the year. I did see that. That is unbelievable. I think uh, in Pac-12 play, ASU had a better record, right? They were in last place. That's It's just because he's Coach Prime, right? And, I mean, it's just – I don't know. Who had it last year? I forgot. Um, oh, shit. I guess I can't pretend like I keep up with it at year. Yeah, exactly. Year. So, hey, that's perfect. I just, do we remember who had it last year? No. Or the year before? No. Actually, the year before was Tom Brady. That's the name that stuck to me. Uh, but it's it's just to get clicks, man. I mean, come on. I mean, everyone loved talking about Coach Prime to start the season. And I was so happy to see that just crash and burn towards the end. So good. His kid is his kid's a punk. And if you look how high he's ranked in some of these mock drafts, I don't, Uh, maybe i'm just i'm biased but i don't know if he's going to translate well in the nfl oh Shador, i don't think so
1: i'm surprised they didn't give shador like a parking pass for you know for staff or something like that same for caleb williams i'm sure he's driving up to the front door
0: of his english lit crap class chris you don't think so Uh, i i'm I'm surprised that they even attend in-person classes to be honest I mean, a lot of times you get these high profile celebrity college athletes, they just end up taking online courses because they got motherfuckers trying to come up and get their autograph when they're just trying to take a test, you know. So I'm not going to say I feel bad for them at all. Like Nico said, they're now like Caleb Williams getting offered three million dollar college football contracts. Like that's just crazy. I mean, I think there's another way to get these kids the money they deserve. That's not just having donors give them million dollar contracts on the side.
3: I think there's a huge difference between like Texas A&M who has no problem shelling out $77 million to fire a coach and like saying, Hey, you can be the the voice of Kentucky fried chicken in the Southwest region. We'll do an ad with you, run a bunch of ads and you'll get paid for your appearance. Or like, I mean like back in the day, Terrell Pryor got nabbed up for doing autographs for tattoos. Like that's what we thought this was going to be and all of a sudden it's like now turned into like like Texas A&M has the funding and the boosters to offer these kids like legit pro contracts like if they wanted to 20 million dollar contracts. So, I mean like I think we all went from pay these guys to like whoa, whoa whoa whoa
0: whoa why are we paying them like that? Yeah, exactly. Just, just not like that. But I get there's a lot of nuance to it, right? Cuz obviously the walk-on isn't going to make as much as the five-star recruit. So, I mean, and, and then how do you balance that out? How do you rank talent? It Something to get into probably on another day. But let's talk about the breaking news from today. Then the news was broken by former Arizona Cardinal J.J. Watt, who announced that uh, Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz requested and was granted a release from the team so he can go pursue a championship contender um, not really too sure what the market is for a washed up, banged up, thirty three year old tight end. But Tomlin, what do you think? Is he going to
2: find a landing spot? Oh man, be nice to Zach. Jeez, come on. Um, it's funny that this is our breaking news, right? Uh, we saw. I guess we didn't see this coming from a mile away, but we all knew Ertz was not going to be on this Cardinals team next year. He's not part of the next good Cardinals team. So I was okay with it. Honestly, I think uh, we were texting back and forth about it earlier. Let the guy go, you know. He wasn't going to be on the team next year. Um, You have an up-and-comer in McBride, and I won't touch on McBride. I'll let someone else do that, but I'm actually happy for him, and it was great that the team granted in that because Ertz did do a lot of good stuff for this football team. He was a very valuable part of that offense when we were kicking some ass, right? But my guess is there will be a little bit, of interest in him, um, and I can only name one team, and that's going to be his former team, his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, would they have a banged-up Dallas Goddard? It's like a homecoming for him. He's going to be super cheap. Uh, why not? Why not sign the guy to go on this playoff run and, you know, maybe get him that second ring that he's looking for? Mike, do you want to touch on McBride? Sure, why
1: not? I mean, I love Trey McBride. Yeah, this was just only a matter of time. I I am kind of sad for Zach Ertz. You know, he was one of those guys from the Steve Keim trade who did make an impact early in 2021. You know, 56 receptions, 574 yards, and three touchdowns. But it's just been downhill ever since. And the guy just can't stay healthy. He's not the same player ever since he had that knee injury. He can't get up like a Trey McBride. He's really just kind of a dink and dunk, sit down in the middle six yards down the the field kind of guy at this point so if he can find somewhere that fits for him i mean good for him right <laughs> like but you're talking about uh, this is uh, chris were you throwing a shot at me because Zach Ertz just turned 33 years old so you're basically telling me that i'm washed up as well right i mean please please stop me if i'm incorrect right chris all right, uh, fuck you. I don't want to answer that <laughs> question. Mute your mic. But Trey McBride, second rounder, is spent some capital on drafting him, and he's 24 years old. And we can see he's already almost doubled his receptions in 12 games at 48 receptions, 521 yards, and a touchdown. Going to well surpass the output that Zach Ertz gave in his best year with the Arizona Cardinals. And Trey is going to continue to be a focal point of this offense. Is it going to translate to wins right now? No, it's not. But if we can continue to fold him into the game plan and have him excel for next year, that's what you have to do. That's what this regime has to continue to do right now, which is give opportunities to these young guys and see what they can do.
0: Well said. I mean, hard to disagree with that. But Nico, uh, in his seven games this season, Zach Ertz had 187 yards and one touchdown. So averaging just under 27 yards a game, do you think this is kind of addition by subtraction and uh, letting McBride have the, the path forward?
3: Yeah, I think you kind of take away the eyes over your shoulder kind of thing. Um, I th- Look, I started my fantasy football season with Zach Ertz as my starting tight end. Um, I'm now going to end my season with Trey McBride as my starting tight end. Uh, and I know that I was the one who made the joke in the Valley Sports fantasy draft, oh, draft Trey McBride blah, blah, blah. And I like legitimately own him because he is a focal part of the roster. I think that once you take Zach away, I think that it really does just open it up. I mean, I don't know. We're not going to run a lot of two tight end sets. Um, that doesn't seem to really be a thing anymore. So yeah, I think, I think McBride as well and earned it. And to be honest with you, there are teams like Baltimore who could use a tight end. Um, there are other teams that like zach could go play with do i think that he's gonna make an impact uh no i think that it's gonna be a lot of bail me outs on second and seven like mike said six yards over the middle just kind of sitting there um i don't i don't know I, I, yeah i don't i don't see him being the focal passing option i see him being a bailout blanket for whoever he goes to
0: yeah, I think that's a fair point. And like kind of like that, sol- you could say solid veteran presence a little bit. Ravens is an interesting one. I didn't quite consider that because they did lose Mark Andrews for the season. So they're going to need some help there. Mark Andrews was Lamar Jackson's favorite target throughout this season so far. So that's a big you know area of weakness for them and, and a giant void to fill. Uh, Mike, what do we got here? Cardsley, uh, Zachers, what a return to the Eagles. Yeah, so yeah, return to the Eagles, I think might be the the most pressing one right now. Definitely uh we've got some more football topics, but wanna introduce and bring in our good friend Ian, who is joining us at Dead Boy Donut on X? Instagram. Instagram it's the That's only right. social
4: media I have anymore. But yeah, what's up, guys?
1: Yeah, what's up? You deleted X? How long we ago were... did that happen?
4: I had X for three days. I think <laughs> not like not long at all. I, I got it when i i basically only got it so i could like talk shit to kevin durant (laughs) because i found out he responds to people and then like i think i deleted it right after like musk bought it
1: well yeah dude it's still it feels dirty calling it x i want to call it twitter with every bone in my being so it's really hard to do that but what's going on man good to see you
4: yeah it's good to see you too i still call it twitter i can't help myself it's a old habit but yeah, it,
0: it's Twitter. it's Twitter. Like <laughs> I just I don't I don't quite under. I get like he wants to make it the everything app and he wants it to do more than just shit posts. But at the end of the day, there's so many other like established businesses that have an X logo or like very similar logo. And like, yeah, typing in my search bar X.com, I do feel a little dirty. I don't <laughs> I don't really like it. But yeah. Ian, we're glad to have you here. We're talking Arizona football. I know that's your favorite topic to cover. Oh, I um, love it so much. Yeah, we saw a tight end get released today. Uh, he's probably going to go sign with the, the Philadelphia Eagles, not the Phillies. My goodness. Other side of the state, I, I get confused. Anyway, um, yeah, so we talked about Zach Ertz. He's gone. Trey McBride is the new goat, the new tight end. And Kyler Murray's back. Uh, He's been playing in three games so far. He started out pretty good, beat Atlanta, and then ended up losing two straight to Houston. And help me out here. Who did we just lose to? We got killed by the Rams, Chris. It was an absolute beatdown. I'm not surprised you don't remember. I'm trying trying to forget about it. (laughs) Throw
1: it out the annals of your memory, man. My goodness.
0: How could I forget Kyron Williams getting me 35 fantasy points? You son of a (laughs) Snagged him off the waiver wire too. Anyway, Kyler Murray's back in the helm. And uh there was some uh talk today, and I heard a lot of rumblings about this whole uh was it Drew petzing the offensive coordinator, really being a stickler for Kyler Murray to lead with his left foot when his entire playing career he's led with his right foot, making a big deal about that. But even going and admitting that, well, there's not really a consensus on which is better, I just prefer the left foot forward so. Talman, is it really like fair for Petzing to try and switch up
2: Kyler's whole game and approach just to appease what he wants to see out there? I mean, so it's not fair for him to do or attempt to do it right now. The guy didn't even get to have a training camp or any type of off-season, you know, practice. You know, he came back and what? He had 4 weeks of practice before he started, so what he's going on 7, 8 weeks of practice? you're not going to switch up the dude's total mechanics and whatnot in the middle of the season. Granted we're not playing for anything special, but we're still trying to win football games. You would, you would hope. Uh, But in the back upstairs in the office, it's probably not what we want to do, but those guys going out on the field, they want to win games. So if you're going to sit there and try to change everything up right now, it doesn't make sense. You you can't. So it's not fair to to attempt to do it because you, you can't, throw any more any more hurdles at this kid. He's still trying to get the rust off. He's still coming back from a major leg injury. So, you got to make it as easy as possible. I mean, if any so that's probably why he's not under center. That's why he's in the shotgun mm-hmm. all the time because they're trying to make or they're trying to do whatever's he's most comfortable with and what he's most familiar with. But during the off season, I think a lot of stuff needs to change and he's going to have he's going to benefit a lot more from the uh, the full off season because you'll actually be able to participate and run around and and actually physically run these plays. So right now I, it doesn't make any sense to to do it or even attempt to change anything. Uh, It's like I said, it's just, that's not fair.
0: Yeah, the timing of it is very strange to me as well. I mean, Mike, do you almost feel like they're trying to set up like a built-in excuse for him? Like, oh, Kyler didn't do so good because he he's still adjusting to leading with his left foot. So that's why. It's not that Kyler sucks or anything.
1: Maybe to cover their own bases, but I don't think we need to do that. We just know that this is a dog shit team. So, like, I'm not putting really too much onus on Kyler Murray. Do I hope that he controls the pace a little bit better? you know, slow down on these sloppy deep balls where we're seeing his turnovers right now? Yes, of course. But that's the kind of stuff, man, leave that in-house. I I don't need to hear about the lead foot switch or whatever. We're already seeing that they're trying to do some additions with the under center stuff. And exactly like Tallman said, that's good enough for right now. If you're going to try and completely change a whole script of how Kyler Murray starts plays off or anything like that you've got to give that months it can't be weeks you know because he's still learning this system even though it's just different from being in the film room with guys and talking about it to actually doing it it takes time we know that so sure if they want to give another caveat to why Kyler Murray might be sucking that's fine but if you're a A person who's been watching this team and understands where this team is right now I don't think we need to make excuses for Kyler Murray struggling so early when he just came back you know
0: yeah I mean and it seems to be like a a common theme with this team that I've noticed since the Gannon era has started where it's a lot of like oh well that's just like a little goose and like no it's a giant eagle what are you talking about like almost being like trying to hype up like their situation and not be as bad as it really is instead of just being honest. I know, I know you can't straight come out and say like, oh, we fucking suck. We're not going to try and be very good this year, hoping for a high draft pick. Like, you can't say that. But the whole offseason, Nico, Gannon was like, oh, we're trying to put together a good roster, all the while signing no names off a free agency and trading all your draft picks away. So like, I, want, I want you to comment on the left foot, right foot thing, if you, if you have anything to add there. But also like, what do you think of their whole like trying to control the narrative and, and putting these type of tidbits out there about the team? So I'm going to kind of piggyback off what Mike and Tom and said. Uh, this is
3: bullshit. Let this dude be. I mean, he just – he's coming off a torn ACL. We're acting like it's like, you know, he's coming off a high ankle sprain and it's fucking six weeks later. Like, no, and we're also taking someone who is a dual-sport athlete For his entire career up until the NBA or up until the NFL, excuse me, I to mess with throwing mechanics, foot mechanics. I understand he's not technically sound. You hear Wolfley on the radio all the time talk about, oh, his happy feet, his happy feet. Well, you know, I don't care. Kyler throws the ball accurately and he throws it well when he's doing it his way. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. And also, if you're going to try and fix it, Maybe we do this in the offseason. I understand that he didn't have an offseason where you could tinker with his footwork and all that. That's great. Cool. Then we're going to go with what we go with for the next six games. And instead of nitpicking all these little things, put your left foot forward instead of putting your right foot forward. I don't know if you've ever – if you swing a bat right-handed and then you step into a left-handed batter's box and you try to swing that same bat – It's like a completely foreign thing. So like completely reversing his feet like that. I can't even imagine what that feels like and how you would like hide your frustration. Leaking all this stuff. I don't want to hear Gambadora talk about Kyler's feet in the morning. I don't, you know, like all this stuff, like getting out to the press, like let this be in-house. This is in-house. This is Mickey Mouse, Arizona Cardinals bullshit. Time in and time out. Thank you, Bidwell. I'm over this. Like this is this is I'd much rather people talk about the fact that like Kyler's look pretty darn good minus, I don't know, maybe like a handful of throws. I, I I think we can count on two hands the 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 bad throws that he's made and he came back early from an ACL injury and he's playing with no offensive line and he has no fucking weapons. He has nobody to catch the football. Trey McBride is being force fed because he has nobody. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm i frustrated as a Cardinals fan. I'm uber frustrated as a Kyler Murray fan because I felt that the disrespect when he was out was very loud. And then the second he came back and that first game was really good, everybody was real quiet about Caleb Williams all of a sudden. Everybody wasn't talking as much shit about Kyler Murray all of a sudden. So, as a Cards fan and a Kyler Murray fan, this whole thing has got me frustrated. Let this man live. He He just went through what, four years of horseshit with Dingleberry? Like, we don't we don't need to do that again.
0: Yeah, honestly, and I think that's what I was hoping for with, like, the new coaching change is, like, there I, there are a lot of things that they've done where I've really liked the professionalism, it seems like, that's being brought back into the team and actual consequences for actions. It seems like Cliff Kingsbury had a real loose ship there. But, it, yeah, I agree, like, perfectly with you guys. Like, it, it, is, it is garbage for them to be – putting this information out there like you can do this in practice and nobody's probably even going to pick up on it or know about it but it's everything we just said it's a built-in excuse it's a distraction it's something for all the talking heads on the radio to have something to talk about and it's annoying it's it's annoying to me like Ian can you imagine Ben Simmons just comes back from his injury and they're like hey Ben we want you to lead with your other foot on your jump shots can you start trying to do that as we're trying to be successful throughout the season
4: yeah, I can imagine that. There's a uh, rumors that he shoots with the wrong hand. Uh, I think I remember that being a thing. It's, it looks uh, like it. Right? Very, very, very imaginable. Actually, it's it's a really good, really good analogy.
0: But do you think like it would obviously like probably have a detriment to his game, right? So then, would that be the in that in that hypothetical scenario, would that be the Nets like throwing in the towel, being like, ah, we're not really worried about the here and now. We want Ben Simmons to play our way in the long term
4: i think so i think it's like punting the present so that you can try and make him better in the future um i remember the san francisco giants doing that with tim lincecum they started to fuck with his mechanics as a pitcher and that's when he started really falling off really bad i think i think his dad was his personal pitching coach when he was like throughout high school and college then when his dad passed away they started to tweak him and and that ended up you you just ruined one of the best pitchers in baseball to try and make him better for the future. And it just didn't pan out at all.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I fear with Kyler. I mean, like I said, he's been playing with whatever the right foot forward or however it is his entire life. He was one of the greatest quarterbacks of Texas college and high school football. Like he's obviously good at what he's doing, Um, And I also, Nico, going back to what you said, I do agree that Kyler Murray, for the most part, has looked pretty good. A couple passes are a little bit late or behind the receiver. But the thing that's impressed me the most about Kyler and his return is that he's not scared. He's still willing to run. And even in that first game against Atlanta, he really, I mean, no pun intended, hit the ground running. Like he was, a lot of times when guys come back from that type of injury, they're real real hesitant, real skittish to put it on the ground. And we haven't really seen that from Kyler. So this is a chance, I mean, a tough Steelers defense, but – A pretty weak Steelers offense so this could be a chance for him to continue to get right and honestly the good the good challenge of having a good defense to go up against I think will be good for him too just hopefully TJ Watt doesn't sack him too many times on Sunday um okay we got a couple more football topics we'll we'll condense them in real quick but since we're talking about Kyler is he the dude is he not the dude I mean we've heard the rumors Caleb Williams Drake May uh Whoever else it is coming out of college, I I have really soured on Caleb Williams. Not that I was ever really high on him to begin with, but I don't want him anywhere near my team. I think he would be an absolute cancer and disaster. And he brings that that real his dad brings that Lavar Ball energy that we just don't need around around these parts. So that aside, I mean, not not necessarily talking about Caleb Williams, but Talman right now here uh, entering what is it week twelve, week thirteen? Is Kyler the dude? Are we sticking with him?
2: Yes. Kyler's the dude. You you have to, I mean, you got to think about, so yeah. Okay. So we didn't have Kyler for the half the year. Uh, he's our starting quarterback though. He's our franchise quarterback. Think about all the other teams in the NFL who have question marks at quarterback. One positive thing on this team is we don't really have that big of a question mark. You can sit here and analyze him under a microscope this season, but is it really fair? I, like we we're saying, I mean, the guy hasn't, a, it's a brand new coaching staff, brand new offense. He wasn't able to actually go through the offseason and uh, training camp. And what do you expect him to pick up? And what What do you come back week 10 and, and just be the same Kyler Murray and excel? No, that's like me telling you, hey, go on YouTube and watch a video on how to ride a bike. Watch that video for 12 months or for 16 weeks. And then, hey, come over to my house. We're going to go out front and you're actually going to ride the fucking bike now. You know, it's you're not going to hop on that shit and be Lance Armstrong and have two uh, minus the ball sat, or minus the testicles. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Lance. Um, but you're not just going to pick it up right away. Right. And you could sit there and say, oh, well, he was reading. He was doing mental reps. But it's what I'm saying is it's different to go out there and do it. So it's just not fair to sit here and put him under the microscope and say, oh, if he if we don't win a game for the rest of the season and he has a poor performance and his accuracy does not improve or you know he doesn't get to his normal form then we need to we need to cut him excuse me we need to cut him we need to draft one of these quarterbacks that's just ludicrous i mean we know what we have in kyler murray he's a rookie of the year multiple time pro bowler the guy he he is a winner he's a talented quarterback right oh let's go draft caleb williams drake may or um our our buddy uh Oh, shit, Jane Daniels. I think he's the third guy coming off the board now, or Mike Penix. It you don't know what you have in those those college quarterbacks. Think about a Zach Wilson, a Sam Darnold, a Josh Rosen. I mean, these guys were all you know they're going to come in, they're going to be the best. But you know they they wasted a second overall pick on Zach Wilson. Look at the kid now. It you just don't know what you have. It's not worth it. So you got to ride with Kyler Murray and if you're a real Cardinals fan, you're rooting for the kid to get back to his old self and be successful. And you're also rooting that he's successful and shows promise without winning that many games, because we would really like Marvin Harrison jr. In the desert. That would be incredible.
0: I would love to see Marvin Harrison jr. Cause that is like two birds with one stone. You get Kyler some weapons, you get another receiver that's over six foot. I mean, under no sir. Certain- circumstances do i think we should keep hollywood brown like kyler's buddy or not like you're gonna have to overpay him for very minimal production uh but mike would you agree with tallman is kyler the dude if they can give him some more weapons will they'll really be able to unlock kyler murray
1: i don't think there's any conversation that can sway me away from keeping kyler murray next season I need to see what he can do with this entire system through a complete offseason and training camp. If we're having these conversations through week six, week eight next season, so be it. But we, we just have to remember, Kyler Murray is probably the best quarterback that this damn franchise has ever drafted, either than Jake Plummer. And Jake Plummer got us one playoff win. So, I mean, it's not a high bar for Kyler Murray to hit that. All he has to do is get us back to the playoffs and get us one, but add some more weapons around him. I need him to have some taller receivers, damn it. That's why if you get Marvin Harrison Jr. that huge 6'4 target, I would rather have jump balls going to them than Rondale Moore or Hollywood Brown any day of the week. Even our guy and Tallman's favorite. I mean, absolute hands down. One hundred percent cannot fade this man. B.S.P. Tallman's absolute favorite Arizona Cardinals player, Michael Wilson.
2: You know that's how it is. So okay, you had the the injury report. You had the injury report up. Is he on that? Sorry, I know we're not done with this topic. He
1: probably is Tallman, but Uh,
2: I told you, man. What was my major knock on him? He's not available. And guess what? He hasn't been available the last couple weeks.
0: (laughs) He's still your favorite. Yeah, I was actually earlier this week, I was just listening back on our season preview uh, heat check podcast that we did. And uh, you said, I think you said by week eight, Michael Wilson would be missing games. We talked about James Conner missing games too. And, and so that's all came to fruition. But I thought it was interesting. A guy that we picked to have a breakout year was Trey McBride. And all three of us does kind of like a consensus pick. So I don't know if that was a real crazy prediction or not. Maybe not, but. Uh, Nico, I think I know where you stand on the Kyler Murray, uh, keep him or, or release him debate. Uh, you want to keep Kyler Murray. So what do you think about drafting Marvin Harrison Jr.? Do you think that's the right move to get an, another weapon for Kyler or are there more pressing needs on the offense?
3: This is where I struggle. We need an offensive line. Um, do I think having a bunch of like young offensive linemen is going to be productive? Uh yes and no like I think you still run that gamble right where you see how many offensive linemen have been taken in the top 5 and how many of them actually pan out to be pro bowl like multi year stud players um I I like a flash pick and I I've, I've been sold on Marvin Harrison since about halfway through last year um uh, I think if there's any chance that we can to get him into land Kyler a big target. Look at what Kyler did with DeAndre Hopkins in Cliff King's very shitty ass system. Like DeAndre Hopkins and, and, and Kyler were, there was a connection there and that's because Kyler could use him as a bailout plan. Um, he, he could just throw the ball up and guess not everybody's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Am I saying Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be DeAndre Hopkins? No, but I'm saying we have somebody who's maybe like not my height out there trying to catch fucking footballs. And I think that that's kind of important. Um, I do also think that the offensive line is important. So as a Cardinals fan, am I bummed if we don't go Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yes, a little bit, just because I like the flash. Um, but I do totally understand taking the lineman out of Penn State too. So,
0: Yeah, I honestly, I don't envy Monty Austin for it and the decision makers there having to... I mean, it's a blessing and a curse to have a high draft pick, right? Because... You could swing and miss real easy, or you could hit a grand slam. I mean, you ne- you never really know. Uh, we're going to talk baseball. Don't worry. But, guys, one last Cardinals topic I want to cover, obviously, the game this Sunday, right? Big game in Pittsburgh. Might be a little bit cold. What's the weather looking like? I'll look that up real quick. But, man, uh, Talman, what were you saying uh, before we started the line right now?
2: Is that uh, Steelers minus five and a half? Yes. Sorry fucking mute button yeah um looking at a minus five and a half on espn courtesy of espn bet um they should pay us for that one but i don't know their
0: their, their promotions
2: on their app aren't very good so the least they could do is promote us (laughs) yeah sorry sorry go ahead go ahead no no I'm, i'm with you it's it's a little it's a little rough but i don't know i felt like it was kind of a generous line but at the same time Steelers offense is Probably as good as the Cardinals' offense. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just, the, it's just a recipe for disaster for this Cardinals team uh, to go into Pittsburgh in hostile territory. To, I mean, we know we were, we were in that stadium for Steelers Browns game. That's a city that loves their football team, no matter how bad they are. They are there to support them, and they don't let another team overtake that stadium. So that is going to be as hostile as it gets, I think. Um, if you could think of, it's like the D backs going to play in Philadelphia, right, during the World Series. You know, it's going to be tough, and it's against Steelers defense. I don't know where they rank so far in the in the season, but they got to be top five, right? Um, no one's going to be able to block T.J. Watt. If we were going to block TJ Watt, then Nico would have, wouldn't have would have been talking about drafting uh, a lineman with the first pick. So it's going to be rough sledding for them for sure. So I just don't, I don't picture them scoring more than 10, 13 points. And I feel like the Steelers, I mean, look at, look at what they did last week. I mean, they finally broke 400 yards for the first time in 58 games after getting rid of their offensive coordinator. Who knows? Did they catch some lightning in the bottle here? what we what we found out from Kyron Williams and the Rams is everyone tends to have their best day against the Cardinals so I'm a little worried but I think that minus five and a half is a little little generous yeah we'll have to see the the Steelers just recently got rid of their offensive coordinator
0: Matt Canada and the interim guy did pretty good last week I think they put up a I don't remember the numbers but it was a fair amount of yardage on offense which was like the most uh, it through the time that Matt Canada was there as OC. So their offense could be turning it around. Uh, there was a goofy play last week where uh, Deontay Johnson just basically like, gave up on a play. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was like a fumble, and he was just kind of standing there watching it. But he's it doesn't look like he's active this week. But that aside, Mike, what if I told you that uh, the forecast is 57 degrees and rainy on Sunday? Does that change anything?
1: Uh, no, because the Arizona Cardinals are going to lose this game no matter what. I don't think <laughs> the weather factors in. But I don't know, Chris. It says that it's going to be 46 degrees and cloudy. So we know the weather keeps changing. As far as when it comes down to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they still have a lot to play for right now. Technically, they're only a game and a half out of first place. So they are well alive within a wild card spot for the AFC. You know, change turnover during the middle of a season is always a bit tough, but. That's when guys normally will rally around each other. And if they can get behind Kenny Pickett, continue to feed Najee Harris, this one's going to be a tough one. But I don't expect the Arizona Cardinals to lay down and die like they did against the Los Angeles Rams. There was just no heart last week, guys. That's the biggest thing. There was no heart. And as long as you come together, try and get guys in space, give the, these opportunities instead of forcing it. Because not only was Kyler forcing to Trey McBride, he's heavily forcing to Hollywood. I wouldn't be surprised it's because uh, Kyler and him are maybe having conversations on the side. It's like, well, guys, I don't know if Arizona wants to re-sign you, so let me get you some numbers so you can go out and get wide receiver one numbers of when it comes to a contract this offseason because we damn better not pay that man. Anywhere near 15 20 million dollars a year, but it's gonna be a tough one, man. It's really,
0: it's really gonna be a tough one this Sunday. I I think that might be the case. Nico, before we launched, you were telling me how much you hate Troy Polamalu. I want to know how you feel about TJ Watt and also what you think about this game coming up on Sunday.
3: Look, I love a Watt. Uh, I cannot help myself. There's something about those big Wisconsin boys coming off the end. Then they are flying faster than what they look. And then when they hit, it's hard. Um, TJ Watt scares the living shit out of me, man. If I was a quarterback, I would probably call in sick. Um, if I was an offensive lineman, I'd fall down the stairs the morning before. Um, You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like the Steelers. I don't like the Steelers. I don't like Steelers players, but I do respect the shit out of game. And uh, T.J. Watt's got a lot of game. And to be fair, where I said, "Like, dude, everybody's talking Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year." Mm-mm-mm. No way. Go look at those stats with him and T.J. Watt next to each other, and tell me T.J. hasn't had a better year. Um, so, and that I I do find a little bit of bias because I love J.J. Watt. Um and therefore, like you know, you kind of gotta love family, but TJ's a freak, man, and that's that Steelers defense is like I don't know, just like a weird gear shift away from being like one of the top defenses in the league. Um and probably due to TJ Watt.
0: Yeah, honestly, TJ Watt, I think Min Minko Fitzpatrick's another huge factor in that like the one-two punch of tj watt and alex highsmith has been pretty incredible and uh did i mention joey porter jr like that's pretty cool we got him as a quarterback cornerback and we haven't even talked about patrick peterson is going to be playing in that game on sunday so there's an extra added layer of intrigue perhaps
1: we don't, we don't need to <laughs> say a damn thing about patrick peterson chris we already know this non-factor might as well just be retired at this point uh if he makes a play on sunday i uh, I might as well just co- cover my eyes. He's dead to me.
0: Toxic ex-girlfriend energy for sure. This might be the game where he like exerts like all the energy he has left in his old ass body and lays it all on the line just to stick it to his old team. I don't know, but I last thing I wanted to say is like I absolutely love TJ Watt too, obviously. And uh these boys, uh Talman, Mike, and Ian were all in Pittsburgh with me and they they hooked it up. They got me this Troy Polamalu throwback color rush uniform. Uh they told me I could get any jersey I wanted and I wanted a TJ Watt jersey, but they did not have a genuine one there in the team shop. I don't know if they were just sold out or what. Um but I I like Tripoma. I mean, you can't like the the Hall of Fame players like those guys are that are retired. He played his whole career with the Steelers like I could wear this jersey forever whereas if I get like a Najee Harris jersey, he could be gone in a couple years. Probably is going to be, but Ian, um, I don't think we ever uh, got to talk to you on uh, on any of these Valley Sports Plug podcasts about your time in Pittsburgh. Uh, you didn't get to make it to the Steelers game with us, but you were there for the Pirates and all the other shenanigans we got into. What did, what did you think of uh, your time in Pittsburgh and the city in general? I had fun in Pittsburgh. Uh, I
4: think my takeaway of Pittsburgh, I wouldn't want to live there. No disrespect to it, but... That's a fun place to go and just kind of be like a scoundrel for like a week. You know what I mean? You can just go there, drink, watch sports with your boys and, and just, I don't know. It feels like the, the energy and culture of it feels like it, it, it gives you space to be a little bit of a, a dirtbag, And I mean that in a respectful way. <laughs>
0: No, I see what you're saying there, right? Because like you have the state, like the two stadiums, the even the hockey arena is pretty close. So you have mm. Acushier Stadium, you got PNC Park, but then you also have the casino right there within walking distance of both of those. Like, shit, man, you weren't there with us on Monday night, uh, not to get derailed, but after the football game, like it was just a funnel into the casino. Like everybody was <laughs> busting in there, and then we tried to get an Uber back to the Airbnb, and there wasn't shit available. There was probably 200 people waiting out front in the casino, all refreshing Lyft, Uber, anything they could get their hands on, calling their their second cousin. And we ended up finding our way home. Not, that's not important. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I'm i a little biased. Like, maybe I would live in – probably not in, like, the city Pittsburgh, but there's pretty a, a nice suburbs around the area. So you could go be a degenerate on the weekends and then go back to your suburb. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree. Underrated uh, place to go if you got some friends and uh, you want to go take a fun trip. Absolutely. The beer was cheap. It was plentiful. Everything's walkable. Public transit's honestly pretty good. Um, didn't have too many complaints there. But enough about Pittsburgh, enough about the Cardinals. Why don't we talk some NBA basketball and the Phoenix Suns now that we're uh, creeping up
2: on an hour into this? Talman. So, okay, now we're done talking about football. Can you take the jersey off?
1: Yeah, no. get that shit off <laughs> yeah, take, take, that,
2: take, the, take that shit off Throw it away. Come on. Yeah, I know know we bought it for you, but. You know, it was almost
1: simply disgusting, Tallman. At one point, Chris was talking about the Steelers. And did you notice how he sprinkled in a wee when he was talking about that?
2: Oh, did he? Did you notice that?
1: Because oh, I how damn zone it out. <laughs> I'll just do it. Oh, no, 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 it, It's
3: not the first time. I've heard him talk about the Steelers before and he's thrown a wee in as so, well. Those oh, are man. the things that all I right,
4: remember.
0: All right. And and
1: this is our fearless leader we're talking about, Tolman.
0: Right. Unbelievable. Come on, Mr. President. Hey man, when you're okay. when you're born and branded, like I didn't have a choice. It's just some sh- some habits are hard to shake, you know. But I'm you saying? have
1: a
4: damn uh, choice now,
0: Chris. Yeah, Take do. that
1: shit off. Let's go.
0: Bro, I got I got
4: Big Red right here. I love Big Red. In all fairness, not only do I say we when I talk about the teams that I follow on this round table, but I will also refer to any Arizona team as they and I actually try Ooh. to fight it. <laughs> I actually try to say we when we talk about the suns, but it's, it's a Freudian slip that happens just about every time.
1: And you have a, you're okay. You get your slip. <laughs> he, he gets man. a pass. He's, okay. Uh, Chris, <laughs> and Ian's coming up on a decade in Arizona. Have you hit a decade yet?
4: No, I'm at eight years. Bro, he spent more than a quarter of his life here. Is that Chris, you've life? been
1: here your whole fucking life. Don't give me that <laughs> shit. Come on now. You know better. <laughs>
0: All right, all right. It
1: takes some time, just like Kyler Murray. All
0: right, maybe maybe I'll I'll do a wardrobe change, um. And while I do that, you guys can uh, can get us started. Tom, and why don't you tell us? Since Mike and I talked about this on Passy Outlet and our recap here a little bit, the in-season tournament is finally going to get underway. The group play is done; it's decided, and the Suns are in as the seventh seed. They're going to take on the Los Angeles Lakers, I believe, on Monday, Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. So that's 7 Pacific. Tallman, are you super stoked for the in-season
2: tournament? Dude, I am jacked. The Suns finally make the in-season tournament for the first time ever, man. We're watching history right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it wasn't hard to do. <laughs>
2: yeah. The first time wow. in franchise history. <laughs> first time ever. Look at this, man. Uh in all seriousness, I I'm, I'm kind of excited. I don't know about you guys, but it's one of those things like if you were a fan of a team that wasn't in the tournament, would you really care about the tournament? No, not not at all. Right? So if the Suns lose on Tuesday, I probably won't really care about the rest of it, uh, but I think the matchup's great. Great matchup with the Lakers, where the Lakers have already beaten us twice in the season. It's time to get us get our revenge against them on maybe a tiny bit of an elevated stage. I don't know. It's a regular season game, but you know it's got a little little bit more special um, special feeling added to it. Um, I'm ready for the, those awful courts to go away. I don't know about you guys, uh, but. I'm pretty stoked. I mean, I'm hoping, I mean, we're, we're in it, so you might as well want your team to win it. Right. So I'm hoping they can, they can beat up on the Lakers. Maybe we see a matchup with who's on the other side, either the Bucks or the Celtics. And that'll give you a lot of excitement for just this in season tournament championship game where normally you wouldn't have that excitement in the NBA regular season before Christmas. So I, I think it's great. Um, I know we're going to talk about some of the injuries with the team. Where it's such a bummer um, if those injuries spill into this Tuesday game.
1: Ian, are you kind of bummed that the Nets weren't able to make it, or are you like a lot of people out there who are still really on the fence about this in-season tournament and really don't care because either? than the incentive for the players, what do you really get out of it?
4: I think I'm both. I'm still on the fence about it for sure. But the other day when uh we were wrapping up group play. I I was kind of looking at the scenarios of what, what what would have to happen in the nets group in order to win. And it did kind of pique my interest a little bit, seeing like how the point differentials work and everything like that. And I think it does. It, it effectively did accomplish what it was, what the in-season tournament is trying to do for me, which is just, boost my interest a little bit more during the regular season so that is cool um that's didn't make it which is fine i mean at the end of the day who really gives a shit but um it's it, it, i'm interested to see how the rest of it shakes out i think it's gonna potentially be kind of hilarious when they give out the trophy for the winner and they're just gonna be like oh okay this doesn't have much meaning at all but great thanks you know, like the, the I think the reactions will be interesting, and I, I I do think that there will be some some tweaks next season as well, um, just based on the group play and how how things shake out. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the rest of it goes, even without the Nets being there.
1: Yeah, that's definitely how some of the conversations we've have had about this is as well. Obviously, first iteration, you got to see what works. We did talk about time frame interested why it's so early in the season at December. Why not push it to the end or first week of January? Probably because it's going up against the NFL playoffs or getting close to that time frame. So Nico, I guess when we look at the eight teams that have made it, are there any of these matchups that you're really interested in watching either than the Suns? And do you feel like the Suns have a good shot in making a deep run and taking this first ever first in-season tournament?
0: Uh,
3: I do think we got a good shot. I, I do like the matchup against L.A. Um, I'm interested in the Pacers, honestly. Um, that is a young, fun team to watch right now. And for them to come out with like a two-seed in the in-season tournament – now, granted, do any of us really know what the fuck a two-seed in the in-season tournament means? No, but it looks good on the bracket. So, I mean, like to see a Pacers in a two-seed, that hasn't happened since, like I don't know, 08, so, you know, that's probably the one that I'm focused on. I do, I do like have questions about the timing of everything. Um, it is odd timing in the beginning of the season, especially when teams are still figuring themselves out. Like the Suns haven't played a game with all of our big three. Um, and we're going into quarterfinals in a tournament all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, no, I'm intrigued. It's all very new. So trying to like, wrap my head around it has been interesting. I mean, Mike, I hit you up the other night and was like, so what? We got to score like 30 points and win to like get into this, you know, trying to figure out all the rules and everything. It's been, it's been interesting, but it has my attention. So like, can I say that it hasn't worked? Like, no, it's definitely worked. It's got me looking at like, like Ian said scenarios to how certain teams get in and you know, you're looking at the teams that we do have in you're like, you know the west is the lakers the suns the kings and the pelicans that is nba 2k if you simulated it to t- 2030 that's what the playoffs like look like it's just an odd group of teams um the east looks more representative than what than what like the playoffs would normally look like but uh no i'm excited it's 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 it should be fun to see my big fear is that if you have a player of substantial meaning go down in that championship game or in that semifinal game. And it's like a serious injury. Man, I don't know if the NBA has this next year.
1: I guess the big overall, like you were talking about, Nico, is it did its job, right? It's got people interested on a Tuesday night game on November 28th. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people who are you just your casual NBA basketball fans that aren't watching games until after Christmas or after the NFL season for, for that point, you know, but like you said about the injuries, it is kind of a, a toss up when it comes to that, because there's freak injuries that are happening all the time. I mean, Chris, we saw it yesterday in Toronto Devin Booker goes up for a pass and comes down on a guy's foot and tweaks his ankle. And now we're not sure if Devin Booker is going to be able to play in this quarterfinals game because the Suns have Friday and Saturday back-to-back at home. And the Suns let Devin Booker go back out there yesterday and still play throughout basically the entirety of the second half. He was very ineffective. And you just got to know with ankle injuries, Chris, you know for sure. Like, if you're not treating that right away, that thing can linger. So he might—he definitely is going to play this weekend, I don't think. And it might be tough for him to see on Tuesday. So do you think if Devin Booker doesn't play, do the Suns have the chance to really pull this one out in L.A. and stop three losses early in the season to the Lakers?
0: Uh, I I just don't know, Mike. I, I think that's gonna be a little bit rough. I mean, the Lakers are looking pretty, pretty good right now. LeBron James in in at 38 years old, I think what, in his 21st, 20th, 20th or 21st se- NBA season is just crazy. I mean, not to get too off topic, like I'm gonna answer your question, but did you guys see that that eerie stat comparison that came out between LeBron James and Michael Jordan where they both suffered a 44-point loss when they were 38 years old. And when they both had their 44-point loss, Jordan was only two days older than LeBron is now. Let's talk about a simulation. But with the with the injury, man, Devin Booker, I get it, right? He's got that dog in him. He wants to be out there and he wants to compete. And it just really surprises me that Frank Vogel like, let him do that because of how... They've been babying these injuries all throughout the season and, and justifiably so, I mean, baby these injuries, man, because if there's one thing we want, it's a healthy core going into a potential playoff push. So by all means, let them take their time. I don't care if we don't see Brad Beal till January at this point, if he can actually be healthy and come back and play the whole second half or most of it, I'll be happy with that. Um, so Devin Booker, man. Yeah. It just, I, I guess I wonder what the severity of the ankle injury is. I didn't see it. Um if he was able to go back in and finish the game, I think that gives me a little bit of optimism, but still you got to play it safe. Like you said, Mike us, us guys playing basketball or really any sport, you're going to roll an ankle. And I've rolled more ankles than anybody in that. I know probably, but it, it, it does, it can keep you out, man. And, I don't think he's going to play, I think, what, Friday or Saturday against the Nuggets, which is disappointing because they just got Jamal Murray back. This was going to be be the big Western Conference Finals rematch, and now we're just not going to get it until I think later in the season. They'll probably meet up again. Yeah, um, it would be a real shame if Devin Booker didn't play in the in-season tournament. It seems like he's kind of all about it. We saw him being one of the main guys that was really trying to – pour in the buckets and get that point differential up to even get us into the play-in tournament. So I think Devin Booker himself is going to do everything he can to get back out there. I just think it's going to come down to the training staff and how safe they want to play it.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And obviously so close to the in-season tournament. To have another crack at the Lakers this early in the season was something that I was super looking forward to. And I'm one of those guys who's a proponent Of if it's the first time in anything, why not try to put your name in the record books? I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. But looking at these matchups, I got to ask you guys, who do you got making the championship? And who is your winner for the first ever in-season tournament? I will open it up to the floor, whoever wants to
0: take it. Can can you pull up that bracket again? You got it. Because before pre devin booker injury we were on a seven game win streak i really liked our our chances there but we we could talk about last night in toronto um do i just i just went on a whole tangent so i want to let someone else take this but just looking at it um i do really i like the bucks i like the bucks probably if not the suns
4: I'm going to go with the Knicks because the in-season tournament is just irrelevant enough for that to be an accomplishment of theirs that we'll hear about for the next 20 years from Knicks fans. Oh,
0: that's good. So they're going to hang up uh, an in-season tournament banner
2: from the Oh, after.
4: absolutely. <laughs> if they win, they're doing that the next day. Uh,
2: I'm, well, I'm with Chris, though. Suns, I think Suns-Bucks matchup. And got to stick the home team. Take the Suns and win it.
3: I actually, so I think... I, from what I read, like literally two seconds ago, Booker's ankle injury isn't as severe as people thought. Um, he is questionable for Friday. Uh, yeah, I think that the Suns come out in the West. I actually think the Pacers come out in the East, and I think it's a Suns Pacers championship. I think the Pacers give the Suns a run for their money, but I, I do go with the home team and take the Suns.
4: In all seriousness, if the Suns do have Booker and KD both. They're probably running away with
3: it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's what it comes down to. If Devin Booker is healthy enough and playing at the level that he has been. I think the Suns make it out of the West. I haven't trust the Lakers right now. They've just been middle of the pack. If there was a definition, you could look it up, and there's LeBron James and Anthony Davis right now. I do like what the Kings have been doing early this season. Pelicans are always a sneaky team. I think the Kings win that one. But Bucks, the juggernaut of Giannis and Dame, they're rolling right now. And I agree with Nico, man. The Pacers have been a really exciting team to watch this early season. So I'm going to say Suns, Pacers, and I'll be a homer. I'll take the Suns. But I got to roll back into the Phoenix Suns a little bit more and what Devin Booker has been doing to start the season in the limited action that we've seen. We talk about him starting the season off in Golden State having a huge game first time in a long time as this team's starting point guard and missed some time with the calf and seemed to be back rolling once again. So I wanted to kind of take a look at Where the NBA stands from a guard standpoint, we did just see that Devin Booker got a boost in NBA 2K. Now he's at 95. And I wanted to take a look at where he might sit on a top 30 list and where some other guys might sit and see what kind of thoughts you guys are having on this. But before I pull up this list, I want to ask Nico and Ian specifically, do you guys have any specific guys that you think are in the top five? you want to try and name them?
4: Top five for guards or top five guards for overall. point guards? Guards overall. Guards overall. Um, Booker's there because if if I'm saying just shooting guards, he's undisputed number one, in my opinion. Even though he's playing point right now, I, like like just in terms of style of play, I still consider him a two guard. And it, it's it's he has to be number one. But you also got... You gotta have Steph in there still. Um, I could imagine Luca's gonna be in there. So what that's Steph, Luca, Booker, maybe Dame. Halliburton? Mm.
0: Would you say Steph Luca Booker in that order?
4: No, I think I would put Booker over Luca right now at this very moment.
1: Okay. I like that, Nico. What about you? What are you thinking for top five? Uh,
3: I think Dame, Book, Steph. I think uh, you have to look at a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who is nice. putting up a lot of ridiculous numbers in Philly. Um, I also think you do have to look at a guy like like Halliburton, or like man, De'Aaron Fox is sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good. I mean, not a lot of people talk about him because he gets lost in Sacramento. Um, But I think if you're going five, I think that would – I think that's probably my five. I like it.
1: I like it. Ian, you were probably the closest, and I think you guys both missed one guy from Oklahoma City, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who has been an absolute stud.
3: to start this season
1: i can't believe it's already his fifth season with oklahoma city but he's only 25 years old um but this uh, keep in mind this list it's from bleacher reports nba staff and it was right at the end of august so this was kind of like a pre-season rank so i want to see what you guys think about this list and if there's any guys who have really moved off of it that you think so here we go
0: I would just I would first say the thing that stands out to me most is a lot of guys that are uh on this ranked higher on this list based off their previous accomplishments, mostly looking at you, James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Trey Young, when you look at just stats alone, he's one of the top ten point guard, just guards in the league right now. Trey Young can absolutely pour it in. Like, say what you will about his game, but Man, he is he is a killer. Jamal Murray, he's really good. I do like Anthony Edwards has an interesting game, um, but yeah, both the both Tyrese uh, Halliburton and Tyrese Maxi have also just been having incredible years. I mean, Maxey's down there at twenty three, and right now he has like I'm I'm looking at uh, our fantasy basketball league, and I just did all players guards fantasy points, and in our league, Tyrese Maxi is second for all guards in fantasy points. So. For him to be all the way down at 23, I, I, I like I said, I think I previewed this a little bit. This was from preseason. So maybe they didn't think Maxi was going to have quite the impact he has, especially since James Harden, I think, was still on the roster at that time. So maybe I'll give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But those are some guys I think could uh, be some risers and fallers on this list.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you get James Harden out of town, right? You actually have opportunities if you're Tyrese Maxie, and he's a great young player. Uh, Philadelphia, I feel, is just a piece or two away from really contending overall. I mean, yes, they are. They've trusted the process for a long time. We know that. But I don't think they get over the hump when it comes down to the Bucs or the Celtics yet. But this top five, it just makes sense to me if you talk about where guys are standing right now through about 17, 18 games. Obviously, Luca. damn it, man, we're never going to be able to live this down, but This year, 31.1 points, 8 rebounds, 7.9 assists. Steph Curry is still rolling, guys. 29.7 points, about 5 rebounds, and 4.1 assists. He's actually tied for his career high right now at 5.3 threes made per game. He is averaging his lowest ever in assists, and that's probably because of Chris Paul. But... Shay Gilgis, killing it. Like I said, only 25 years old, over 30 points, six rebounds, and six assists. He's shooting the best career percentage of his career so far at 53.8%. And Dame, Nico, I'll ask you, has it been a seamless transition for him to Milwaukee? I mean, 26 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 6.4 assists. He is averaging so far his career low in assists and second lowest field goal percentage and almost lowest minutes as well. So they haven't been having to stretch him too early this season. But how do you feel about Dame's
3: fit so far in Milwaukee? I think you look at it, and there's a lot of pressure off Dame's shoulders. I think that's what you're seeing. Um, You're seeing somebody who doesn't have to single-handedly carry a team, um, which he had to do in Portland for years. Um, I do think that, that like, granted, when you've played somewhere for – so many years, and you're used to the same exact routines, same exact people. I think walking through those doors in Milwaukee for him, it's still very new. I think that there's an adjustment period. I think he's – I mean, look, man, it only takes him shooting from 40 feet and the ball hitting the bottom of the net and no rim one time for you to be like, this dude's adjusting just fine. Um, so I think – I'm not worried about the field goal percentage. I think a lot of the that that stat line has to do with the fact that he's – not playing as many minutes, and he's playing with Giannis, who is not a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. Um, Dame's going to give Giannis the ball, and Giannis is going to dribble, um, and that's going to pretty much delete the assist. So, you know, I think you kind of look at it situation situationally. But uh, look, man, I got a big issue with the fact that there's no Gary Trent Jr. at the bottom of this damn list. Someone needs to put some respect on my man's name. Get Austin Reeves out of here get Gary Trent Jr. out of Toronto and save that man. My my biggest issue with this list is
4: that there's 30 players and there's not a 30th. It's tied for 29.
0: Right. Right. What is, what is going on there? <laughs> you couldn't just make Chris Paul 30th?
4: Yeah, like Chris Paul would be the 30th one, right? Like Austin Reeves. we can say Austin Reeves is better than the like I think we're in agreement there. I, I don't even think Chris Paul starts. But like
0: not unless uh, Draymond Green suspended. Yeah. I don't know, and then no, no love for Dennis Schroeder either, talking about another Raptor. I mean he's he did really good in the FIBA tournament this uh off season, I guess if you will. So he he would have had time to make this list. I guess maybe they just didn't think he would step up quite the way he has. Uh, but Talman, I mean, when, when I was mentioning a, a bit ago there, fantasy stats that I'm looking at, and you can break these downs a lot of, a lot of different ways. And I was looking at the season as a whole, and uh, obviously some guys haven't played, right, or haven't played very much. Devin Booker, obviously not going to really crack the season totals list. Bradley Beal, obviously, has only played like five games. But if you if you narrow it down to the last 14 days total, not to dissect this too much, but Devin Booker would be third on that list. Uh, second Damian Lillard, first De'Aaron Fox, as far as guards go in the last 14 days. So with guys like, you know, Brad Beal on this list who have been injured and Booker, do you think like, if this list were off of today, do you think Beal would maybe be a little lower than
2: that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if not, well, if it's based off of just this season, I mean, I don't think he belongs on the list. Um. Just like James Harden doesn't belong on the the list, John ja Morant at this point. I mean, God, it feels so bad for that Grizzlies team. Uh what about Clay
0: Thompson, man. Oh, Clay, I know you got love for that guy.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know he loves Devin Booker. Uh yeah, Clay. I mean, he you said it perfectly. He's just old man Clay at this point. And um also another person that said. Said something perfectly about the Warriors was Charles Barkley, where he said the Warriors are cooked. That team is it's over, man. I mean, to have Steph Curry playing at that level still at what he's thirty five years old. I mean, I know the Suns have a guy that's thirty five years old, but um, it's it's impressive. And I then you add uh, old ass Chris Paul to the mix. I mean, that team's just cooked. Um, and Thompson is, I mean, he has just struggled. Um, I know he had a pretty stellar game a couple uh, couple nights ago because he won me some money. Um, why I bet on on uh, on Thompson, I have no idea, but um, I think Brunson would definitely jump up that list. There, he's the heart and soul of that Knicks team. Um, and then who's the other guy I was looking at? Um, oh, Zach Levine. I don't I don't know if he deserves. Um, 20 is not 20's not that high, but I think, uh, I think he deserves a, a tie for 29th. Yeah. He's, I think he's probably just happy to be on the list. I mean, Mike, uh,
0: I, I want to get your you know opinions on this list. Cause you were, you were asking us a lot of questions there, but on, on Tallman's take there about the Warriors being cooked, obviously Steph Curry, 35, I think Clay's 33, Draymond's not getting any younger. Chris Paul certainly isn't getting any younger. Is that a fair assessment of that team?
1: i think we have to be realist it really is at this point i mean and it's no fault to these guys the father time is undefeated we know this the same conversations that we were having about the phoenix suns big three are conversations you have to have about the warriors as well if they want to make a deep run in the playoffs at all what does their health look like we know that Stephen curry misses some time throughout the season as well chris paul i mean if you're relying on Chris Paul to be your backup point guard in the playoffs, you shouldn't. Like you just shouldn't. He can't play in the playoffs. He gets hurt every year. It's just what we know. And their young core behind that second unit, they're not ready. They don't have any true killers. They don't have anybody who could come off the bench and give you 16 to 18 any given night. It's just a lot of young guys. So they're still relying on. On their big four, I guess, if you want to include Chris Paul in that. And I think the time has run out at this point. And we're seeing it from the start of the Warriors this season. But we'll give them credit. I mean, they won four championships. But it is literally the changing of the guard now.
0: And, Mike, one last question for you, just looking at this list here. Because there are some guys, like, I'm looking at Zach Zach Levine. Or Zach Levine? Yeah. Levine. Um, Levine. It is Levine. God damn it. Um, but like he can kind he kind of plays the three also. Why isn't Jalen Brown on this list? If we're doing that, you know,
1: that's a good conversation. Maybe because he almost turned the ball over 10 times in a game seven, uh, they took him straight off the list. Yeah. Tallman's right on this Zach Levine. There's a reason that we're this early in the season and the Chicago Bulls are ready to blow things up and ship his ass out of town. He's just not the same type of player. He's a guy who wants to dominate the ball, put up stats. That's great. But he doesn't make anybody better around him. He just does not. He's that kind of player ever since he came to Chicago. He was that kind of guy when he was in Minnesota. There was a reason that those Minnesota teams were god-awful drafting in the top three every single year while he was there. But, well, I mean, I, go ahead, tell me.
2: Oh, I was going to say, he Levine must have done something special because he's on the list twice. Where is that? Oh,
1: 2020. We're just <laughs> regretting it. It's the same position. Uh, okay. we're, we're, God, just, still we're remembering, 20, but I we're mean, remembering the must, best year of our lives. <laughs> we're remembering the best year of our lives. No, because that was the one that stuck out the most, Taltman. I, I think got you. the Sorry, other I one. <laughs> this list is cooked. <laughs> I. You uh, got to blame Bleacher Report for that one. <laughs>
4: Speaking of positioning and, and a player like Zach Levine, how are there three starting players from the Memphis Grizzlies on this
3: list? Because yeah. their entire team are guards. Yeah. One through five right. is some sort of guard. <laughs> That's fair.
0: Wait, who's the other one? Uh, Moran, got- Bame, and... Edwards.
1: Anthony Edwards is Minnesota. Minnesota. Christ. Sorry, yeah. I mix those two. Oh, come up,
0: on, like,
4: all the <laughs> Same <laughs> color schemes. Same exactly. colors. Exactly. <laughs> And they're okay. up north yeah. somewhere. I
3: don't know. Well, no, that's a good one. I think <laughs> yeah.
1: Anthony Edwards has has quietly creeped himself up into the top 10 of these of the guards in the NBA nowadays. There uh, are some conversations you could have in that list. Jamal Murray and John Morant, obviously their availability. If you restack this, they're probably not in it to start this season. But when they play, they are game changers. We know specifically from Jamal Murray from last season and their championship run. But I think two names on this list for me should be higher from where they are. Maybe right on the outside of the top 10 looking in or retake those positions are Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know Tallman said Jalen Brunson. I think he might have said Halliburton as well. Halliburton has been leading the league in assists the past two seasons. He's a stellar guy. Guys, it's another guy that the phoenix suns passed on that we could have had him instead we took Jalen smith and said a, po- a possible position of need and the guys Jalen smith don't play for the suns no more and tyrese halliburton is one of the best cards in the league it just continues to happen
4: yeah but putting Jaylen, putting james harden over tyrese halliburton is hilarious to me
1: yeah and i just think ever since Jalen brunson's run with the mavericks and ever since he's gone to the knicks He's the one who keeps them ticking more than the big lefty. My God, why am I forgetting his name? Somebody, please help what me, team? I swear to God, for the New York Knicks.
0: Oh, uh, Julius Randle.
1: Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah, that's Jalen Brunson's team at the end of the day. So those are the two guys that's stuck out to me the most, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think it's also interesting, like, looking at this list, right, Nico, there's a lot of teams that have two guards on this list. So you're talking about 30 NBA teams, but a lot of teams have two guards. So there's some teams on here that don't have any guards. I mean, just looking at the two teams, like Suns have two, Warriors have two, Mavericks have two, uh Cavaliers have two. I think that might be that might be rounding it out. But does that does that kind of point out to you that like the two or I guess stick out to you that like the the two star guard backcourt is becoming a trend it seems
3: yeah i mean look i i want to say that i think portland might have started this maybe five six seven years ago with the tandem of damian lillard and cj McCullum, who were just both good savvy ball handlers and and elite scorers um i I do. I think that I think in today's day and age, you either have to have a bunch of positionless players or you need to have like two solid guards and build around it. Um, I think when you start, I think if, I don't know, it just seems like the the traditional basketball of like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward center. It seems like that's gone by the wayside, which means, you know, like, yeah, I think that like, I also think that having those two strong guards means that those guys are interchangeable, right? So you can run different offensive sets and all sorts of stuff based on who's pulling the ball up. When the Blazers were doing it, it was, they would run one set of of offensive sets for Dame and then CJ would pull the ball up and they'd run a whole different other set of offensive sets. So I think it gives you a lot of creativity and a lot of diversity. Um, But at the same time, like, look, the farthest that 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 those two in a portland team ever got was a western conference finals where they got absolutely waxed by the fucking warriors and it wasn't even a shot so and the warriors at that time were running a more traditional offense point guard shooting guard small forward power forward center so i don't know I, I i think it's all about the personnel and how you coach it i don't think the positions even matter anymore
0: yeah i think i tend to agree i mean you look at the suns trying to go steal that strategy many, many years ago. And they had three point guards at one time and Eric Bledsoe, Isaiah Thomas and Brandon Knight. And, you know, look where that got them. They all left town. Uh, And yeah, I, I, that's a good point though with the trailblazers and CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard. I mean, you could say Steph Curry and Clay Thompson as well, but Clay almost plays like more of a three than a two. Like he's not a guy that's going to dribble the ball very much. I mean, I think he has the record for most points scored against fewest dribbles, or something like that, whatever advanced stat that is. Uh, kind of crazy. It was it was something wild. But, yeah, um, I mean, as far as the whole NBA topics go, in-season tournament is going to be interesting to see. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily excited for it. Um, Devin Booker, hopefully he can get healthy and play Friday, or worst case, hopefully he can play on Tuesday against the Lakers for that in-season tournament. We're definitely going to have to see. Um, Anybody who's watching or listening back right now, quick shameless plug, make sure you follow us here and watch our Suns recaps so you know what's going on with our Phoenix Suns teams. We do those every two weeks, come out on Wednesday, so you can get a quick 10, 15-minute update on the last two weeks of Phoenix Suns action. And uh, let us know in the comments what you think of the team. Uh, But, fellas, we're getting uh, to the back half of this stream here and i wanted to talk a little bit about the diamondbacks i know they're in the offseason right now but like Talman said we're excited man we're excited for this offseason they've already made some moves we saw the trade for eugenio suarez with the mariners shipped out some prospects we didn't really give too many shits about and uh starting to you know fill our needs in i i, I want to talk about the off season and all that but one of the other things that has happened so far is the diamondbacks got some new uniforms and uh, it's been a mixed bag of reactions. Uh, Mike and Tallman, Mike Tallman and I, to use proper English, uh, we talked about it on the Heat Check podcast. And I don't know if you guys listen to it or not, but Ian, I'll ask you since you're the out-of-towner here. Did you realize that the snake logo on the Diamondbacks hat forms the letter D? Yeah. Was
4: this news to somebody?
1: Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> right, Ian? I just, I'm a lost
0: for words, man. That's
3: crazy.
4: You see his head. Like, what do you mean? <laughs>
0: like, I thought you, it was just a snake. I mean, snakes <laughs> coil. Like, that's a thing snakes do. You, you,
2: yeah, it's a fucking snake.
0: Nico, you knew that, right? You knew that was a D.
3: Yeah, when have you ever seen a snake yeah. make that formation?
2: Look, at, it literally well, It's a says crooked snake. Snake, logo it's, snake. That's a... <laughs> That's a 90-degree totally bear. The oh,
3: he's oh, doing man. geometry, man. Leave
2: him alone. He's doing yoga, maybe. Oh, he's, oh, he's a mathematician. God oh. damn it. <laughs> I, mean, I should have just lied. I should have said, yeah, I, I knew you that. You could have. I was the one you who outed have. myself. You
0: could have <laughs> just lied. I mean, I felt a little bit better. I thought so, they're Should so I poke
4: the bear a little bit more and ask if you knew the letter A, like the left half of it is the diamondback snake? pattern yes yes okay all yeah.
0: right just oh, in, the, in the middle of the a is the snake's tongue did, did anyone anyone know that either
4: i, I didn't catch that one actually <laughs> oh
0: well
3: okay well how about this one if you look at arizona the a's bookmarking it are supposed to be fangs it took me a second to get to there i'm not gonna
0: lie on that one i didn't i didn't know oh, <laughs> i see the a's that come down okay all right, so yeah, see, see, we're not so crazy, Tom. We all, for, we all
3: missed a little bit.
0: <laughs> Everybody missed a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, as far as these jerseys go, they're they're reincorporating the teal. Nico, does that get you kind of pumped, or do you think uh, some people think it looks a little goofy against the Sedona red?
3: Get rid of the red! I'm so sick of this shit. Um, I I look. I thought that there was nothing wrong with purple, teal, black, and copper. Um, I thought that color scheme was classic. I understand that we made the switch for the 10 years and blah, 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 blah. The only thing I can say about this is I'm glad that the Jersey say diamondbacks and they are no longer D backs. And I am glad that the old D is back. Um, if we were going to bring back that Mickey mouse cartoon, like D that was in the like mid two thousands. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that again. Um, I don't, I'm not, I like the teal. I just don't like it on the red. I, I don't like it on the red hats more than anything i don't mind it on the red jerseys but on the red hats for some reason it i just i cannot i don't know why i and i'm such a like jersey stooge i love all my jerseys but like and maybe these will grow on me man i said the same shit about the cardinals jerseys when they came out I said these are gross they look like madden created team jerseys blah 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 and now i have a white cardinals jersey so You know, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I got to see him in action. That's probably my, where I should leave it.
0: Yeah. I had the same exact thought, like with these Diamondbacks jerseys, where it looks like someone went into some creative team mode in a video game and put together this crazy color scheme. I just, uh, for me, it just clashes a bit much. And I agree like the teal with the red, I just don't know if I love it. I, I wouldn't mind them keeping a Sedona red uniform as like an alternate alternate uh jersey kind of like how they've incorporated the black um i I do like i I, Mike, how would you feel about them bringing back the old style vest uniform
1: oh you might have to pull that up for me is that where they would have like separate undershirts
4: yeah that's the randy johnson
1: yeah the randy johnson style okay um mm. Uh, I think I'm at the point where I'd just rather have the full jersey so you can have the true patch and everything fold together a little bit more. Uh, I'm kind of with Nico. The The red with the teal is just, I don't know if it hits right. It's its a kind of an odd combination. But I think I did say that this black jersey might be top three all time, man. But that's because I love, I love black jerseys. Like the Valley Suns jersey, one of the best ever. Even their new um, PHX statements, uh, that's top five ones as well. There's, There's something clean when you just have a full, clean black jersey with your team hits on it. That normally plays for me. But yeah, this overall red, complete red with the Diamondbacks and the teal outline, I don't know about these ones, boys.
0: It's uh, it's gonna take some getting used to, I think, and I we'll see how it goes. Could be a one and done thing. Maybe we get some new uniforms again next season. Uh, Ian, what what are you what uh, outsider perspective? What do you think of the color scheme?
4: The color scheme, I can take or leave the teal. I I, I like I for me the, the the part that sticks out to me the most about that jersey is just that it's like from a design standpoint, just a very classic looking jersey like the 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 home and and road just being the a or arizona that's that's mint i like that a lot and then and then the black jerseys like mike said those are those are really nice the red ones i i kind of don't fuck with but the the teal for me um i don't think I, like i think i have to like try to notice it it's it's not sticking out to me too too bad like where i where i i hate it and i don't want to look at it it's I I'm more just happy that they have a, a very clean looking Jersey as their mains.
0: Yeah. I think for me, I do. I don't mind the teal outline as much as like on the red Jersey. I think the the letters were filled in with teal. I felt like that made it a bit much. I mean, Tomon, are you going to rush out and get one of these hats
2: with the D on it? Oh, with the D on it. Yeah. So every time I look at it and be like, that's D, Uh I don't, I don't know, man. I might be in the market for another hat. But something about baseball hats, man. I don't know. They, they just hit different. Uh, but yeah, I'm a fan of the, I'm a fan of the new jerseys. I mean, uh, I think the, the red's grown on me. I don't know about you guys. I've just gotten so used to it, and I, it, I, it's not, it's not my least favorite. I, I know I've, the majority here was like, oh, fuck the teal and the red. I mean, I don't know. It's got a little pop to it. I don't mind it. Um, but I'm with you guys, though. Overall, if they made a major switch and went back to the, the purple, teal, black, gold, I, I would not be complaining because that is just iconic. If you're uh, born and raised in Arizona, that's that's an iconic color scheme for you.
1: Do you think we'll ever see a day where it actually comes back to that instead of just like your retro jerseys? Like when we had the 20th anniversary, we do it every Friday or something like that.
2: Yeah. Well, weren't they doing it on Thursdays? Yeah, throwback Thursdays. Throwback Thursday, yeah, yeah dude. Hashtag throwback Thursday, <laughs> man. Um, I, I doubt. I bet you it doesn't come. It won't come back. No. That'll be that's. It's already their retro throwback. It's not coming back.
3: They'll do what the Suns do, man. Where they like bring back that purple jersey for one season, and then like you know, like five seasons before that, they brought back the black one. But we'll never get the full uniform set in one season. So like maybe we'll get lucky one year and we'll have those black throwbacks that have the teal and purple a on them. Cause those are by far some of my favorite all time jerseys, those in the black roads that say Arizona across the chest. I, I, I would love to see those pop back up. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see a full uniform set though. I think, I don't know. And this might be just like, like rumor, but I heard that the MLB came to the dimebacks with like, basically like, Hey, there's too much purple in the division. So we need a uniform switch. I, I don't know if that's hearsay. It sounds crazy to me if the MOB would come in and be like, you need to change your jerseys. But I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get the purple back.
0: I Yeah, I guess I could because it's like the Rockies were purple. The Padres, they don't have purple in theirs, do they? No, but at the time they had that navy blue. Also, fuck the Rockies. We have a
3: World Series. Make them
0: change. Right. <laughs> but no shit. Yeah, there what? you go. And what's even more crazy about that is, like, it's like, oh, there's there's too much purple in the division, so switch to red, where every team in the league is red. Like,
3: Yeah, you literally have a team named the Reds. Like, I don't – like, what the fuck?
0: Liter- no, literally. And I get, like – I guess it seemed like maybe a natural thing because most of the other Valley sports teams are some shade of red or maroon. I mean, look at, look at the flags behind Tallman. Even the Arizona State flags got red in it. The Cardinals, ASU fuck the coyotes are that maroon i i do i mean shit the coyotes went back to their kachina jerseys though did you see that like that's dope as shit i mean i think they do still incorporate the maroon a lot but i think the, the dive could do something like that like nico i'm with you i don't know if they'll do a full set of just teal purple and white um but i think that they could end up mixing it in i think they should honestly um we'll see how long they ride with these uniforms though but We'll have to see uh, how much merch we're sporting on future streams once the uh, the season gets kicked into gear. And before that happens, though, we got some some off season to get through. Right now, we're in the free agency period of the off season. Already, some signings happening, guys. It's kind of seeming like uh, we may be priced out of the pitching market. A lot of the pitchers are already getting scooped up. Um, and and like obviously, it seems like a Shohei Otani is unrealistic. I mean, shit, he's not even going to pitch next season. So do you really go chasing him? I did hear. I don't. No, we're not going to go down this wormhole, but I did hear some crazy rumors that Shohei might be willing to take like a, a two, three-year contract um, to kind of build up his, you know, whatever more instead of taking that ten-year, crazy billion-dollar contract or whatever. Uh, but as far as the pitching market goes, Tom, are you are you worried about the Diamondbacks' ability to get one of these free agent pitchers?
2: Yes, I. I would say I'm a little worried. Um, I mean, like you said, our, what I had my sets, my eyes set on, excuse me, let me learn how to talk an hour and a half into this fucking thing. Um, and I'm sure we we're all kind of on the same page with, uh, we were hoping we could wrangle Aaron Nola away from the Phillies. I mean, he, we saw what he, what he did against the, the D-backs and, you know, he was struggling a little bit. He came back there at the end of the season, but I mean, that was kind of like the price range we were looking for. I don't have the deal that Nola signed for, but, you know, he got a pretty lucrative deal. um, And it was, it probably was too much than what the D backs could afford. But, I mean, we got to do it. And I was, I I mean, I picture us totally signing a, a pitcher, veteran pitcher, and paying them 25, 30 million. Like we've done it before. We attempted to do it again after Granke with, um, our favorite person, the cowboy Mad Bum, uh, Madison Bumgarner. So it's it's not like it's not something this team does. So, but I don't know. I, I think it's just the price. It, it's the the lack of inventory and the high demand. You know what happens when the supply is low and the demand's high. Stuff gets inflated, and some of these teams are dishing out cash. There we go, seven years, 172 million, yikes. All right, um, so that's that's a little rich for the blood, I would say. Um, but this this team needs another veteran pitcher in the middle of that rotation to separate our two aces from our Brandon Fox and our Ryan Nelson. So uh, it's going to be a struggle for this team. Are we going to sign one? I bet you we don't. Um, Or if we do, it's going to be late and it's going to be some guy that we're just going to scoop up that did not have a market. So uh, I think it's going to be tough pitching wise.
0: Right. And Ian, when you you look at contracts like that, like paying a 30 year old pitcher that much money for seven years of service, like how many good years are you going to get out of him there? Do you think the Diamondbacks would benefit more from playing the long game with their young core rather than going out and handcuffing themselves to a real expensive free agent pitcher like this?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I I th- I think you can you can safely say that the Diamondbacks have three starting pitchers right now because you have Merrill Kelly, you have Zach Gallen, and I think after the playoffs, you 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 you, you kind of owe it to. Why am I drawing a blank on his fucking name? Please help. Brandon, Brandon, Fott? Brandon yeah, Fott. Brandon Fott. Brandon Fott. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, you, you kind of owe it to him after his performance throughout the playoffs to at least give him the chance to stay up for a, an extended period of time. Cause he, he showed up like big time. So really in, in my opinion, if I'm the GM for the diamondbacks, I'm looking at filling a four and five, or at least getting pitchers that are just better than Brandon Fott, which I don't think is a crazy ask. I do think the Diamondbacks have the money to get two pitchers that are still starter material that'll get them through a season. And there's pitchers on the market. I'm taking a look at a list right now. You can absolutely get get those players. I mean, Severino's 29 years old. He, uh, he just went to the Mets. His market value is $13 million for a year. You got Stroman out there. You have Julio Urias. He's probably going to go for a lot, though. There's, there's pitchers out there. Clevenger comes to mind. Like these are pitchers you can get for, I mean, they're not going to get a bag and they they're still relatively young. So you can stay competitive without really having to dish out a bag and without having to sign a dinosaur.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point. I I have heard the Diamondbacks tied to Severino quite a bit or no Stroman. I'm sorry. Severino, you said, just went to the meds Stroman. I've been tied to Stroman a bit. I wouldn't mind them getting Mike Clevenger if the price was right. He's had a couple good seasons. If he's in the right situation, maybe he turns it around. Uh, But Michael Benjamin, Merrill Kelly is no spring chicken, man. He is 35 years old, which crazy stat that blew my mind that I think I brought up before. Merrill Kelly is older than Madison Bumgarner. And Mad Bum's out of the league. So, Mike, are you concerned about his age and maybe a regression this upcoming season?
1: I don't know if I can be concerned after his playoff performance and the consistency that he had for this pitching staff the entire year. I think I'd have to see extended time frames of struggles. Like we knew from Madison Bumgarner, basically his entire time with the Arizona Diamondbacks was a struggle. So when it came down to those four starts that he got with us to start last season, we knew it was over and that's why they didn't wait. And they cut bait really, really early, but. I think we're still obviously early within this free agency period where we're still going to have some time. You know, I'm looking at some of these other names on these lists. I mean, guys like Charlie Morton, Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs is still available. James Paxton, what about Trevor Bauer? You guys want to try that one? Nah, <laughs> no, no thing. No thanks, but I mean, after the, for the Arizona Diamondbacks the latter half of the season, I would definitely say that Merrill Kelly was a better pitcher than Zach Allen, so I can't have concern for him going to into the season, especially with his stellar pitching performance throughout the playoffs. I mean, he's the only one who got us a damn win in the World Series, so we'll start worrying when it really comes up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I, I, I shouldn't be such a doomer, thinking he's going to regress for sure because you don't. But I mean.
1: you are the doomer.
0: You are the doomer of the group, man. Just you know, call, call that. me. Call me the eternal pessimist. I mean, some, somebody's got to do it, right? All this optimism—gross. Uh, Get it off me.
4: The other thing um, to think about with Kelly. Sorry to check. Uh, no, 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 in, go ahead. But, um, when did he start getting good? You know what I mean? Like
3: he—that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. When,
4: he didn't hit his stride for a long, long time, and I feel like it's only very recently. So, it, it, it I, I do just, just to you know, defend Mike's point and just kind of hammer it home a little more, like don't start worrying until it's time to worry. Cause whatever he had last year, I mean, he didn't have that his whole career.
0: <laughs> Very true. And I, I compare him to a guy like Madison Bumgarner who has a lot of miles on him, a lot of major league miles on him. And Merrill Kelly, um, obviously I, I a lot of people are surprised that he's as old as he is because he didn't, go straight into the major league system. He didn't want to be the guy grinding away through double-A and triple-A to one day reach the majors. He said, fuck that. I'm going to go to Korea and ball out. And I think he won a couple championships with the Korean baseball team. But, Nico, did you have anything to add there as far as Merrill Kelly?
3: Not really with Merrill Kelly, but we were talking about the, the pitching rotation with the Diamondbacks. And we talked about whether they were going to pull a free agent or not. I don't know if we're going to pull a free agent, um, but I have seen this trade scroll across my Instagram feed a couple of different times, and I just wanted to get your guys' input on it. So the Tampa Bay Rays would receive Jordan Lawler, Yumin Lin, Jack Hurley, Gilbert Diaz, and Ryan Wilson in exchange for Randy Orozarena and Tyler Glassnow.
0: Okay, you throw Glass now in there, and I'm listening, because he is another pretty hot young pitcher. And I mean, are the Marlins just going to be our pipeline for getting starting pitchers into our team? Because I did, I heard Randy Rosarina's name, and I was going to bring that up. Um, Yeah, so if if it was just a Rosarina for Lawler, I'd say no, because what does he really bring you that Lourdes Gurriel didn't? I mean, their numbers were very, very similar last season. So you might as well just keep Gurriel at that point if you can afford him, but once you throw in glass now, like now I'm listening because out of those prospects you named, if I, if I didn't mishear you, I think Lawler was the only one of consequence as far as like our top prospects go. Right.
3: Yeah. According to at least this Lawler's number one, human Lin would be number four, uh, Jack Hurley at number seven and Gilbert Diaz at number 20. So you do give up, I guess some substantial prospects, but for two, like bona fide
0: certified like ball players, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I mean Tom and like what we're saying here, the free agency might be a little far out of reach, but a trade
2: like that, does that tickle your fancy? Yeah, I mean the the one thing it, it does as long as we don't we don't lose Lawler. Um I mean he's ranked as one of the top prospects on all of baseball. And the kid's young, man. And you want to turn around and, and trade him for Glass now where, Chris, I know you said he was young, but he's as old as you. So I don't think you're that young. Um, <laughs> just, just Well, I'm not really. washed up like a 33-year-old. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Oh, other way. Yeah, like this guy. Um, so you're, you're talking about Glass now. He's 30. Rosarina's 28. You're getting rid of the most promising young person aside from Corbin Carroll on your baseball team and look, look around in that clubhouse, man, they're all young. This is the youth movement. Do you really? So, okay. So you guys are going to love this because you guys love the sun so much. Is it part of their timeline, right? What's the timeline of this team? You want to add all these older guys when your main core is all young, 23, 24. So, I mean, I like the idea of it. It would be such a splashy play or a trade and would it really, you know, put this team over the edge? Absolutely. But where's that front office's head at? You know, we already came into or this playoff race where everyone's saying, Hey, they're, they're ahead of schedule. You know, we shocked everybody. We shocked ourselves because we were ahead of schedule. We weren't supposed to be there. We were early to the party, not fashionably late. So I don't know. I, I like it. Cause I mean, Rosarina, what he was just in the uh, home run derby. Um, the guy's got some serious power which this team desperately needs some serious power because we're not a home run hitting team unless we're in the playoffs and we just hit a bunch of them. Um, and that's all we did for a couple of those series was just hit home runs. But I liked, I like the names definitely. And glass now would be incredible addition to that, uh, to that pitching rotation. But at what expense, you know, how, how far, how far uh, in the future does that give you success when you lose Lawler, if he, turns out to be live up to his hype and then remember guys remember Corbin Carroll's deal eight years 110 million they're gonna take the same swing at Lawler and sign him to a long-term you know very you know probably another 100 million but it over the eight years it's gonna be a bargain for this team and they're gonna hope that he turns out just like Carroll and that's how this team's gonna be able to compete with some of these bigger these larger market teams because this owner does not spend any money. So until that happens, I don't know. And then that's another thing too. What are those guys making over there on the raise? Well, how is that salary going to impact this team when we don't spend any money? Uh, I, I love the trade though, but I don't know how realistic it would actually be.
0: Yeah, no, you bring a fair point. And I think that was kind of like what I was asking Ian about is, do you really you know, play the long game with these guys you have in your system or do you try and sell out a little bit to make another run to the world series this year i mean that was the exact same you know decision they were weighing at the trade deadline and they decided to go towards their future rather than the here and now so i think honestly i i would if if we don't make the world series for another year or two but we're a dominant team and have a chance to make a world series in the next three to five years like i'm all about that and don't forget if he can ever get healthy and stay healthy we got drew jones waiting in the wing too who uh is is uh could be an exciting player i don't know yeah put put jones in that trade and do it (laughs) do it tomorrow (laughs) right when we're we're playing the franchise on the show we get drew jones out of there quick trade bait guys i'm sorry we've gone a little bit long tonight i thank you all for being here uh nico i want to give you the floor first if there's any last comments you want to make on on anything man what's going on
3: Uh, yeah, man. Frustrating season for the Cardinals. We knew it was going to be that. Um, I don't think anybody expected us to roll over and die because that hasn't been our technique throughout the season. It seems like we've at least fought through some of these games. So hopefully we have a better, better week this week. Um, fingers crossed for, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, go sons. I mean, shit, everybody donate your money to Arizona State so we can actually have a quarterback um yeah man i mean oh i do have to i do have to admit as we were talking about the diamondbacks jerseys i did buy a red diamondbacks jersey gabby moreno and it wait, hit me Wait, afterwards. while we were talking about it or you had already <laughs> bu- i had already bought it and i completely forgot about it and then as it scrolled through i go oh shit i ordered the red one
4: cyber monday deal
3: yep how much i was like it was like 25 percent off it wasn't terrible
4: oh that's that's nice that's
3: yeah Yeah. better than nothing
0: no ian what do you got for the people
4: uh i got a cam thomas jersey for cyber monday deal i spent 55 bucks on it and that'll be here next week and uh yeah that's that that's it it's raining out so be careful driving
0: that's what sabrina just texted me yeah on your drive home from this podcast make sure you be careful
4: And you didn't get Mikhail.
1: What the hell is wrong with you, man?
4: The only on. Mikhail they had on sale was that ugly ass City Connect that they have, and I—I oh, I, okay, I, yeah. I will not be caught dead in that thing.
0: Yeah, you get a pass.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Michael Benjamin, going around the horn. What do you got for the people?
1: You know what? I gotta give a shout out to you, Chris Patrick, and to Nico. Both of y'all are married men. I can't believe it you took the plunge we're very proud of you and I'm appreciative to both of you for letting me be a part of that special day so thank you very much but other than that phoenix signs let's win this fucking in season tournament why not
0: let's go let's do it on the heat check podcast the most recent one I dubbed mike the groomsman of the year 2023 uh he attended three That's weddings he big was into, he was best best man in two of them um and co-best man in mine is was vsp tallman i I cheated i had two best men had had to go for it there uh so tallman i'll give you the floor as uh as best man what do you got for the people (laughs) no co-best man also thank you
2: mike thank you i appreciate you (laughs) oh thank you mike all right guys all right bring it together kiss now um (laughs) mike i got married this year too where the fuck's my shout out dude that I mean, shit
1: seems like so
4: long ago
2: it was like 10 of fuck 10 months ago i see i don't even know congratulations only to and <laughs> oh see okay
0: <laughs> oh man shout out um, raymond raymond who's also been on yes. this podcast and uh has been on many a round table who we love as mu- as much as we dislike his uh fandom for the dodgers he was also married and mike michael was a uh attending his wedding so shout out raymond congratulations brother um I didn't mean to steal your thunder
2: with all. no you're good god man we're we're just some old fucks dude and what's funny is we're at that point now where when we talk about oh my god um uh zach ertz is 33 years old he's so old and washed up and it's like man we're we're passing that we're going over the hill in sports and talking about sports where we're only going to be talking about people younger than us. It's going to feel so weird. Um, but anyway, instead of sorry to be so uh, uh, fuck it, I don't know. Um, last thoughts here. Uh, we got some, some golf news, guys. Um, ASU's own John Rahm is about to destroy the entire PGA and make so many people shed so many tears. If you didn't know, there's been some serious rumors about John Rahm switching over defecting to none other than the live golf tour so if that happens dude just i just can't wait for the shit storm to just erupt it's gonna be crazy uh john rom last year i think he had five tour wins he won the masters the guy's been a top five golfer in the world for the last handful of years so um that's gonna be huge really big a lot of people are gonna be pissed off so i'm keeping my eye on that did, did i miss something did that merger fall through no, it, it, um, the, the, okay, so the it's not official next season. They're still doing their separate thing next season. Ah, gotcha, so gotcha. He's gonna, so John Rhonda wants to go get a bag for a year. Yeah, So well, well yeah, he's going to go get that bag. and Smart man. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, how, how do you turn down $200 million check just for signing a paper? I mean, you don't even have to go out there and fucking swing a club. You just sign the paper, yeah, you're one of us, and we get paid. That's crazy. That is absolutely
0: crazy. Hey, I always love Tallman with the golf input. Um, Man, that totally threw me off a little bit, though, not going to lie. I guess it's my turn at the floor. I'm going to be watching Cardinals-Steelers this Sunday with the boys. Um, Ian, Nico, you're welcome to join us. Location to be determined. Um, Maybe we'll tweet it out so all the Valley Sports fans can come join us. But uh, no, thank you. Thank you, anyone who's made it this far, whether you're watching live or listening back. We honestly really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you give us a little like, a subscribe, uh, copy the bar and text it to your grandma or your mom or your friends so that they can uh, be watching Valley Sports and keep it up with everything going on there as well. Uh, man, we got a lot br- bringing you. Uh, we did Recaptober. Uh, we got, I mentioned the Suns recaps. We do Cardinals recaps every single week. We do these round tables. Um, we're going into tomorrow's already December, guys. I think we'll probably have one more round table for you. Um, and we'll kind of just we're going to start that time of the year where we look back on things, you know, see where we've where we've gone, where we're going. Um, I mean, shit, Tom, and I almost forgot you were married earlier this year. It seems so long ago. So a year seems so short and so long at the same time. It's absolutely wild. But I've loved the ride. I love doing this. And Valley Sports Plugs got a lot of excited thing, a lot of exciting things, excuse me, coming to you in 2024. We're working on some things behind the scenes. So make sure you stay tuned. But. For VSP Tallman, Michael Benjamin, Ian, Nico Woodruff, I'm Chris Patrick. And we'll see you next time. Peace.